experience. Welcome to the first episode of RV's Gambit. Where we, a group of 44 JCSC elects, brings you interesting podcasts to spice up your life. I'm Roxanne, candidate number 34. And I'm Shanoa, candidate number 15. And our other member, Damien, candidate number 30, is currently manning the camera and will join us later. So for today's episode, we'll be talking about various relationship questions and problems you've sent us. And we have two very special guests with us today, Mr. Shane Cole and Mr. Alex Chan. Hello, hello. Hello, everyone. Would you like to introduce yourselves? <laughs> uh, so I'm Mr. Alex Chan. Uh, actually, this is just my second year in RV. And I'm a JC history teacher here. Hi everyone, my name is Mr. Cole. I've been in RV for nine years and it's been a splendid nine years and it's great to be joining you all here today. Alright, so without further ado, let's get into it. Yeah. So for the first question, is what we consider to be an ideal teacher-student relationship? Like what level of formality, informality, etc.? <laughs> Uh, actually, for me, I think that it depends on the context and maybe even the level that I'm teaching. Uh, definitely very different in, let's say, a SEC 1 class as compared to maybe a JC 1 class. So, I mean, if you see, like, formality, informality as a spectrum, I guess kind of in between for me, right? Uh, I don't like to be super uh, strict on my students as well. So, I like to maintain more of a close relationship, but not to the extent of being a friend as well. Right? So, I like to draw a line as maybe kind of like more like a mentor. Like, like a senior, older mentor. Can I imagine in terms of age range, I don't think we're very far apart in age. Is it okay? We are still youth. By the UN standards, yeah. we are still youth. Youth at heart. And, and, and age. And <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think I'm borderline Gen Z, you know. No, you're a millennial. <laughs> <so> like. <laughs> let's not push it, let's not push it. We won't be invited back to this podcast ever again. Yeah, so for me, I think really that uh, balance is important and for them to be able to see me as a mentor, I think it's important so that, you know, they can learn from me as well and not just see me as their friend because mm. I think it's a bit hard for teachers to be friend of a student as well. Yeah, let's go, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree with what Mr. Chan said. For me, I think it really boils down to a level of openness. I agree context matters, so a relationship between a teacher and a SEC 1 kid versus a teacher relationship with a J2 kid, I think it's going to be pretty different. But something that underlies all relationships, I think, is that level of openness and trust. And that could be seen in, in, in a SEC 1 kid as well as a J2 kid. So that, that would be the ideal for me, where both can really share openly about things, um, share about their personal lives, things beyond the classroom. And yeah, just build that bond and that trust with one another. Uh, that would be an ideal teacher-student relationship to me. Oh, okay. That's very nice. So the next question I have, is it cringy when a student like tries to get your attention, like, you know, sucking out to you? I've never been in that position before no? in, my, in my entire really? career. Mr. Chan has more expertise in this. Hey, this is <laughs> <laughs> I've had no experience oh God, with these kind of experiences, okay? Okay, maybe I'll just this question first. The idea of a cringy. Uh, is it cringy? At, at this point in time, maybe we would like to shout out to some of our, our favourite students. <laughs> favorite students um, out there. Mr. Chan, I better be your favourite student. Hmm? Looking at you. Chanoa is not my favourite student. Oh! <laughs> Mr. Chan! Uh, I'm his chairperson, so I I'm bet automatically... I you we are not going to get invited back to this <laughs> yeah. podcast like, ever again. Please. Yes, but uh, continue. You are on to this? Or? Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think for, for us, um, I, I, get, I get what you mean by cringy, and, and sometimes... Um, 
it, it can go beyond the line and, and it's something that, that we, we might want to, to be aware of both as teachers and as students. But um, when, when students try to get our attention, I think that actually fundamentally maybe there's already a bond and there's a bit of a, a relationship there already. But the adult in the relationship with the teacher, I think we have to be aware and to, to really guide that bond and that friendship to a healthy space uh, rather than take it beyond the line. Um, so yeah. that's what I think. I wouldn't reject the student to the point where oh, I'll just run away every time <laughs> I see the student. Like, oh my God. Run, 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 the other side. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know, I probably wouldn't go down that line, but try to guide the relationship to a, to a healthy space. I think it's important because um, for some students, this kind of need for teachers' attention could actually stem from the lack of uh, adult attention in their lives right. and at home as well. So I think as a teacher, like what um, Mr. Ko said, I think in remaining professional, we can also guide our students uh, and kind of guide them to develop healthy relationships and being able to form that kind of relationships with adults. And I think that's what we should do uh, in situations like that. Right? So rather than see it cringy, I want to see it as more of how do I understand this person better, right? Any particular reason why uh, they're acting in this way? And how then I can navigate this relationship as well? Wow, wow. Mr. Chan! <laughs> <laughs> Very politically <laughs> correct. Mr. Chan, yeah. <laughs> so moving on to the next question. That was so a bit cringy though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on to the uh, last question about teacher-student relationships. Like, how can students confide into teachers and their parents like comfortably? I think there's like always that constant fear that you know if I share with a teacher, they might share to another teacher, and like the whole department knows. <laughs> so like, how do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how how do they confide comfortably? Okay. Uh, okay. I, I I can I can start with this. Um, I think whenever these conversations come, uh, both parties must really make it clear that whatever is shared is going to be confidential. So I think at the very baseline, it builds a level of trust that whatever is said over there, it, it is a safe space. And perhaps after that, if, it's, if the conversation is going to be taken to someone else or to someplace else, it must also be agreed you know, between the two people. And, and then the help that is needed can, can, be, can be reached out to. Um, yeah, and, and I think that, that same idea of openness, but maybe if it's more of a personal conversation, then may also need to be a level of vulnerability, both from the teacher and the student. So if the student shares very personal things, perhaps the teacher also needs to share and relate to that person through their own life experiences. I think vulnerability, vulnerability can, can build a, a, a very strong sense of trust and bond and relatability. And from that, a pathway can be charted forward for further help. I think that is, um, students will usually pick a teacher or adult that they're actually trusting of and they can actually feel comfortable confiding in. So I think this relates to the earlier points we discussed on like teacher-student relationships as well, right? So it requires a strong bond between the teacher and the students uh, such that this student feels comfortable confiding. Uh, at the same time, I also think that especially when it comes to actually maybe more uh, severe problems or maybe cases where the student may actually face some harm, I think it's also important to actually uh, perhaps seek help and interact with others as well. But of course, letting the student know maybe the rationale for doing so, right? Especially putting the student's well-being uh, at the forefront. And I think that's uh, what we always want to do as teachers here. Mm. Uh, yeah. I just like that, that very often these conversations aren't, aren't going to be one-off. So depending on how the first conversation goes, it, it, it would really determine how the relationship moves forward la, and if that person still trusts in 
the teacher and so on and so forth going forward. So we, we see this not as a one-off conversation, but in really helping the child through their journey in, in, in school. Yeah. Mm, that's very wow. heartwarming. <laughs> okay, so we now we have a very juicy question for the both of you. What do you think about dating in JC? <laughs> both of them to answer. <laughs> so, let me let me ask, Mr. Chan, were you attached in JC? Uh, I was not. Oh. Neither was I. We were two lonely, sad <laughs> young <laughs> by the side, just crying our eyes out, writing sad poems. More like maybe oh, history that, was, that ju- was that just me? <laughs> 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 um, tough question, right? Okay, so uh, I what I, I, w- I would say about dating in JC, um, I, I'd like to quote uh, this very famous line from Jurassic Park. And the line goes, life will find a way. <laughs> so schools as they are and institutions as they are, I mean, they, they will set rules. And of course, the rules come from a good place. Um, but kids being kids... We all know mm-hmm. how the story goes there. My suggestion for, for those of you who, who are in this kind of situation, um, it's a great value for all relationships to start out as friendships. And building that sense of understanding and trust on a friendship level can really reap very long-term rewards uh, at the end of it. So if you're considering dating in JC, maybe... Think of it as a long-term plan where in JC itself, you start up building that very, very strong friendship, that very, very firm foundation. And at the same time, whoa, look, you abide by the school rules as well. <laughs> so kill two birds with one stone, man. Mm. I mean, for me, I know of friends who, uh, around my age, who actually dated in JC and they are getting married soon. right? So definitely not an impossibility for JC relationships to kind of last uh, mm the years but of course there's always that practical consideration and that will be the government and the army right so there's always the thing that all guys are always going to face which is the two-year gap there right so well while the girls are actually going on into university and higher education you realize that the guys are still uh, stuck in Tekong and (laughs) what happens is that there tends to be that difference in the wavelength and the communication because both are actually at different stages of their life Right, so that's one of the major obstacles of any kind of JC relationships that will that you'll face over the course of their uh, relationship, right? Which is that kind of gap difference there. So that's one thing that I think all students need to consider uh, when thinking of mm. getting to relationship in JC. Yeah. Yeah. Don't rush into things. Consider, consider carefully. Pace yourself. <laughs> you have your whole life ahead of you with that person. Yes. I hope everyone found their love advice interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Fun to hear about. Okay, so our last question for the teachers will be it's a scenario question that like the students send in for advice. So he says he or she says, I really dislike my classmates to the point where I can't feel as excited at all about the idea of going to school and I dread it so much. The idea of skipping school makes me so happy but I also feel guilty about missing lessons. What should I do? Maybe for this one I think that this uh, student will need to think of what exactly about uh, the classmate that he or she dislikes, right? Is there any particular reason or of thing that's making him feel this way right and to think whether that kind of reasoning is uh whether he feels justified to do it and maybe why he's feeling that way right and that kind of reflection i think can help you to think a bit clearer on 
what are some of the things that can be done. Right? Because a lot of things in life, actually, we cannot control as well, right? Who we work with, uh, who we sit with, right? who we are paired up with in our project work groups, etc. These are things that really you can't control in life. So what can be done is to look around you and think of what can be controlled, what can you change in your own life. Right? Because we are always the own, our own makers of our own destinies in our lives. Okay, very cringy now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what we can do to see what you can actually control and change in your life. Yeah. Um, I think firstly, we can empathize with kids who are in this position. Being in a social environment and having many people around doesn't automatically mean that you are going to be uh, always engaged with everyone around you or you're always going to get along. I, I think in human interaction, there's always going to be uh, rough patches, uh, let's put it that way. So we can empathize with anyone who's in that position right now, and uh, you can always reach out to, to us or to anyone and, and you know share your story. I think that's the important thing. Um, I think at the end of the day also, though I, I agree with Mr. Chan, sometimes and, and often in these scenarios, we find ourselves in powerless situations or we feel that all sense of control and power are removed from us and we're at the mercy of the circumstances or what's handed to us. But usually from that point of weakness, you can find strength, um, seek for ways to empower yourself, um, take the first step in reaching out to others. So if there's a particular group of friends that you just don't vibe with, then so be it. Lah. But you know, there are other people around and there are other people that you can reach out to to form very meaningful relationships as well. At the end of the day, if, if you are in a bad place and you want to come out to a good place, quite often the initiative and the agency and the onus of the movement begins with you and, and you, you got to ask these deep questions about where you are and yourself. Yeah, yeah that's great. Also, my Instagram is open. <laughs> if anyone wants to like, you know, chat with mm. us, like you need, you really need someone to talk to, my Instagram is also open. Mm. How about your teacher's Instagram? Oh. You can request. You can request. You can request. <laughs> Okay, Ken. So, that'll be a wrap for our first segment. Awesome. It'll, it'll probably be our last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Do you have like any advice for the viewers? Advice for the viewers? Uh, study hard. <laughs> uh, okay, I guess in JC, it's really to make the best out of the experience, yeah. right? You won't get these two years uh, of your life back again. It's really a time for you to explore um, new things, uh, have fun, make friends, Try new experiences and things like that, right? So definitely not just studying. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a search for your identity. Um, that's for yourself. But I think in school, across the six years here or, or the two years that you're here, um, find families, uh, find a home where you feel comfortable in. Doesn't need to be in a specific group of people. It can be anyone. Um, but find spaces of happiness over here. Because before you know it, you're going on to the next step of your life. You want to look back on this space with, with great memories. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much to Mr. Alex Chan and Mr. Shinko for sharing your opinion and joining us on this podcast. And so now we'll be moving on to the second segment of our podcast where we will be sharing our opinions on your questions. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome back to the second segment of RV's Gambit. I'm Damien, I'm back from Manning the Camps. So in this segment, we'll be sharing our personal thoughts on some of the questions you have shared with us. 
So without further ado, let's take a look at our questions. Our first question here will be, should I be friends with someone whom my friend has had beef with? This person has never wronged me before, and we only just met, and we clicked. So just to clarify, beef means having drama with someone like you. Like you have feud or misunderstanding this person, and you don't like this person. So, Damien and Roxanne, please, take it away. I would say like really approach the person with like an open mind, you know, because I feel like your your friend might have heard it from another friend and another friend, another friend, another friend. <laughs> so it's like you you're not really sure like how reliable like it is and stuff like that. And I feel like everybody has like their own likable points and points you might feel a bit like tilted with. But so I feel like you know just if you all clicked already, then I think you are uh, you you think that the person is personally not bad. Then I think just go ahead be friends with them. Yeah. Mm, as for me, I think that you should keep your choices open right? As you have said, that person has never wronged you before And both of you click That's the most important part right? So I feel like the question you're having, having in mind right now Is not whether should you be friends with that someone But instead it's like Whether your friends, your, the other friend will get angry at you or not Because it feels like you are betraying him So my answer to this question is I feel that everyone has the right to be friends with someone who they really click with just like you, and vice versa. So if you feel that both of you have common interests or can chit-chat over something very comfortably, then go ahead and be friends with that someone. Similarly, your friend, can also your friend can also choose to not continue being friends with you. So it's like very mutual. Okay, mm. can, 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 can. So our second question here is a question I think many of us can relate to. So how can we still maintain our friendship connections in JC with our busy schedules and how can we ensure that we don't get burnt out from the communication and stuff like that, especially for introverts or even extroverts, who knows? So I'll start, okay? Yes. Yeah, mm. go ahead. So I think that regarding this question, the main thing is really communication and effort. So if you're busy, you can't talk as much, just take a bit of time out of your day to talk to your friends, update update them a little, do a little check-in. You know, you don't need to force yourself to have conversation. You don't have to have one hour long conversations. Just just a simple check-in would do because, you know, the main point is just to maintain that little bit of connection you guys do have. Because both of you know that you're very busy. So it's a mutual understanding and connection and like just communication basically. So regarding this question, I think time management is fairly important. So you have to make some time besides your busy schedule to hang out with your friends and take it as a chance for you to relax and chill, mm. right? Don't take your friends as, parts of, as part of your commitments or mm. part of your workload because that will make you feel very burnt out. So play hard when it's time to play and work hard when it's time to work. So when you're, when you're with your friends, try to enjoy the time you all spend together and don't think about any homework or workload because that will, only, because that will make you feel really burnt out. Yeah, so mm. enjoy. Yeah. Personally, I think this question is like super duper relatable. You know? Yeah, but I mean, it's all about, you know, setting your priorities right and stuff. Like, you should, like, you always have time that you, like, spend to chill, chill with your friends. And I think, like, it, it's, like, you don't really have to have, like, oh, I'm going to, like, plan this time just for these friends. But I think it's really about maybe along your daily life, you can have like your friends in them also. Like when you go out and eat short meals with them, then you all catch up like over a meal. I think that's pretty wholesome too. Yeah, so I think your friend will understand like, if you if you are already friends, then you all have like, like they know you so well, I think they will understand. So don't get too burned out trying to communicate. Yeah. Yes. 
Our next question is more of an opinion type question. So this person is asking us for our opinions on forming friend groups. The benefits, potential detriments, how friend groups can affect our friendship dynamics between individuals. And I'll be leaving this question to Roxanne and Shanoa because they have more experience on such matters. Huh. Really? Really? Okay. But anyways, uh, personally, I feel like when you want to make friends with people, you shouldn't really consider like the pros and the cons. Like, you know, this is not really econs, but marginal cost, marginal benefit. No, no need for that. If you click with that person, then you guys are like great friends. That, that's great. So like, I think like when you want to make friends with someone, it shouldn't be like, I want to purposely be friends with someone because, oh, they can bring me so much benefits. It's like nothing like that. So I feel... If you do that, right, your friendship will have a lot of problems along the way when you find out that, like, oh, this is not what I expected. Like, oh, it's, it's really not a friendship that you envision and stuff like that. Law. So I think just approach any friendship with, like, you, do, you don't think about, like, what can I get out of it, but rather, oh, I really like this person's personality. I'm going to, um, I want to be friends with this, him or her. So, yeah. Now we'll be tapping briefly on, like, this question that we all have similar opinions on, I think. So, like, this question is, is it wrong to keep secrets from your friends? What do you think? Mm, no. I think it varies from person to person and from a case-to-case basis. If you find it comfortable to keep the secrets to yourself, then why not? Right? And if you find it more comfortable to confide in your friend and tell him about these secrets, then go ahead. Yes. Yeah, I think like everyone has things that like, they're willing to share, not willing to share. Like, I think we should all like respect those boundaries. Mm, yeah, honestly, same thing. Not much to say. Do we keep secrets between ourselves? We wouldn't know, I guess. Mm, mm. I guess I guess we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay, just respect each other's boundaries and it's alright. If they don't respect your boundaries and they keep pushing you and they're very forceful about it, fake then friend. They are, they are fake friends. You should... Okay, yeah. That's it. <laughs> So, since we're trailing onto this path of like insecurities and friendships, so the next question would be, how do you deal with insecurities in friendships? Like insecurity that you're not good enough or that your friends are not reciprocating, like they're not putting in enough effort or so, and deal with feeling left out. Regarding this, I will always t- tell myself not to worry about anything and just let nature take its course. Mm. People come and people go, you know, at every stage of life. There will always be times when you feel left out or you feel like you are less important in some friend groups maybe. So, but don't let these insecurities be a hindrance to your life and stop you from doing something else that is much more important. And such as like at your academic goals or even life goals. Hence my advice to deal with it is to not deal with it. Yeah, honestly, me and Damien have like the same opinions. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I agree with them. Lah. Like, don't, okay, firstly, it's like, don't let your insecurities be something that is an obstacle in your friendship. Like, I feel if you were, you were the other side and like your friend has a lot of insecurities and they can't get over it no matter how many times you try to help them, I think if you were that person, you would also feel a bit drained by this friendship. So I think we all should try and like, you know, really from the other person's perspective and I think if you are having a lot of insecurities right after you have talked things out then you might really want to think this through if you really want this friendship like you don't want to be like 24-7 worrying like oh my gosh I did this is this is this gonna make this person think that I'm so weird like <laughs> you're, you're gonna feel so drained in that friendship you know yeah. yes yes all of you must learn how to identify good friends 
who respect your boundaries, alright? So since we're on this topic of insecurity, some of us are also wondering when to give our friends enough space and how to not come off as possessive and clingy. I, I feel like... Like, just be more observant, I guess. Like, really notice, like, the small signals that they send out. Like, because no one is going to tell you, like, unless they're really very straightforward, no one's going to tell you, like, I think you're so clingy recently. <laughs> like, you, you feel really bad <laughs> after hearing it, right? So, yes. I think just really pick up the small signs. Like, if they start showing that, like, they, they don't really want to talk about something, and, like, you keep asking them, like, after, like, three times, then, like, give them some space first. Maybe you can take, talk about it later. But during this period of time, just, like, Give them space la. I think everyone Maybe she's just feeling Really bad about something And I think if that person Keeps trying to Put some distance Between the two of you Maybe it's like Good to respect that also Like because just now We talked about how like um, You know You must respect others' boundaries So yeah It's really about that lor. Yeah I do think that All of us Sometimes we want our Alone time also You know like That's a very valid thing and I think it's also very important to look out for social cues and observe their body language. So if you think you're being too clingy, you just observe them a little bit. See, see if they back away or they flinch a bit or they're, they're you know, facial expression like, like that, you know? <laughs> and then I think those are the signs that you can get that they're like uncomfortable and stuff like that. So yeah, knowing each other's boundaries is a very important thing to a lasting friendship. Moving on to our final question, which will be a scenario-based question. I feel like I'm always the one putting in effort in all my friendships, and I'm not any of my friends' priority, even when they have always been mine. What kind of advice would you guys give to the person asking this question? I think you should definitely talk things out, you know. Like previously, we've been talking about communication, talking things out like that. Because hmm. if you don't talk things out, you'll keep being burdened by these thoughts and emotions that you have. And honestly, that's really, really draining for you. And considering we're in JC now, we have A-levels, you have other commitments to do. Do you really want to be burdened by like these kind of emotional barriers and like fear of your friends not liking you and all that kind of thing? So yeah, it's, not, it's just not very healthy for you. So maybe you can talk things out and if it's really getting unhealthy and toxic, then you must reevaluate like your friendship. I think the key point for today is just must talk, must communicate effectively with your friends. You know, prevent all the misconceptions from happening. Yeah. Um I think you might need to take a step step back <laughs> and see whether that person has really not made any effort to maintain this relationship. Right? Or is it that you have misunderstood that person? So th- sometimes it may be the situation where you have mis- misunderstood that person. Maybe he really did put in effort into s- sustaining this relationship. So maybe you want to take a step back and reevaluate the situation. But if the situation is true and your statement is correct, that the person is not putting in any effort to maintain this relationship, I suggest you to talk to the person and see what can you guys do yes. to talk, make things right. Talking, talking talk, is talk. very important, guys. Talk is the key solution to everything. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of our podcast. We hope that you found our opinions and solutions perhaps um, something that you can take you can consider and since you'll be posting like a YouTube video you know you guys can leave us like what you think about this podcast as well we will also be uploading this podcast on Spotify for those of you who prefer just listening so do keep a lookout for that the links will be on our vibe story so don't miss it
Yes. So thanks guys for listening and staying to the end of the podcast. So since we were talking about relationship issues, I have a song to recommend and it's called Also by Sim Motel. It's it's quite it's quite nice, yeah. So go check it out, okay? And see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.